We're going to be in John chapter 20 this morning. If you want to open your Bibles, we are in this sermon series that's entitled The Church. We have been looking at uh, our mission statement, transforming uh, minds and changing lives, and how that ties into the kind of church that we need to be in order to accomplish that goal. What is the church supposed to look like? What is this church supposed to be? And so uh, we're going through this sermon series, and uh, today uh, we're going to talk about the church being sent. So open up your Bibles uh, to John chapter 20. We're going to read verses 19 to 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were together, and the doors were locked for fears of the Jews. And Jesus came and he stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed him his hands, he showed him his side. And the disciples, they were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And if anyone forgives, if, if, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Let's, uh, let's pray over this passage together. Father, I'm uh, just incredibly grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for your goodness, and we've seen your goodness in our lives and the transformation that took place when we gave our lives over to you. The goodness that is seen in the way that you share with us your word, your goodness and your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father, that as we study together that your spirit will move in such a way that we can, that we can really understand, guide and lead our paths. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now at this point in the story of John chapter 20, the disciples had traveled with Jesus for three years. And then one night... One awful night, Jesus was arrested and handed over to be crucified. Now, three days later, reports began to trickle in that Jesus' body was missing from the tomb. And I think we can understand why the disciples were frightened that day. I think we can understand why they might be confused. We might be able to understand why Jesus' first words to his disciples were peace, shalom, but I bet the big question on their minds and on their hearts as they had gathered together in this upper room were, what do we do now? They followed Jesus for three years. He was crucified before his, their very eyes. Now they see him in the flesh. What do we do now? And I think churches across the United States are very similar to these disciples at that moment in time. In fact, Francis Chan alludes that our churches have become incredibly proficient at gathering people. We've become really, really good at gathering people together. And let's be honest with ourselves for a moment. The metric for success of the church has been diluted 
to how well she gathers. How many people can we gather for one hour a week? I'm not sure that should be our metric for success. And I don't think that was Jesus' intent when he gave the early disciples the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, I want to be part of a mission of transforming minds and changing lives. I want to be part of accomplishing that task. But in order to do that, we're going to have to think outside of a gathering for one hour a week. The church is not for gathering alone. The church is also sent. And so let's take a moment to look at Jesus' words and answer that question. What do we do now? If you want to follow along your notes, write this down. We need to be sent as Jesus was sent. We need to be sent as Jesus was sent. In fact, the Greek word here for sent is apostello, which is where we get the word apostle, right? It means to be sent with responsibility. It means to be sent with authority. And you don't have to read the Gospels very far to learn that Jesus taught he was sent with responsibility and with authority. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 and 29, we read that when Jesus had finished saying what he came to say about those things, it says, the crowds, what? They were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not like those teachers of the law. He taught with authority, and he lived with authority. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2, we read that Jesus called the 12 together and he gave them power. He gave them authority to drive out demons, to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Jesus was already driving out demons and healing diseases with authority, and now he empowers his disciples to do the same. Now we read about Jesus on earth, his disciples and the power they were given, the authority they were given. Now take a moment to compare that to the modern church. Do you feel empowered? Do you feel sent? Or do you feel like you're encouraged to just sit down, enjoy yourself, and let the professionals do their jobs? Ugh. Let me lighten it up a little bit for you. Many of you know that Jessica and I added a furry member to our family. There she is. That is little Stevie Nicks. Now, Jessica and I, we follow a lot of dog uh, trainers on YouTube and uh, their blogs and whatnot. And we're trying to learn how to train this puppy correctly, okay? I didn't do so great with our last dog, and that's why he's a terror. 
But what we've learned is training's all about hierarchy, right? We want this puppy to understand that she takes orders from humans, not the other way around. And we're not doing so great. We take a lot of orders from Stevie. But I'm trying to teach my kids, right, to speak with authority. A lot of what you hear in my house right now is, Stevie, no, no, Stevie, 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 no, 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 Stevie, right? And there is a difference between a nine-year-old saying, Stevie, no, and then my deep, powerful voice, right? No! But I'm trying to give them the authority. We're trying to do it right. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus just wanted to be like, all right, Peter, <laughs> let me take this one. But he didn't. He took someone like Peter, he took someone like James and John, and he says, you know, you guys, you don't have the voice I got, but I'm going to empower you to do it anyway. And then he looks at us, and he says, you know what? You guys can do it too. You may not be Peter, you may not be Paul, you may be as low on the totem pole as Jim Batchelor, but God loves you, man. And he wants to empower you to be sent as Jesus was sent. Their words had power and purpose and meaning. And listen, folks, your words have the same. And I think the task, it may be a little different based on cultures. But there's a good number of Christians who don't believe that their words have any power or purpose or authority. But in Luke chapter 12, Jesus made this promise to his disciples. He said, when you're brought out to synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you're going to defend yourselves or what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you need to say. Do you see the connection? He promised them that early in ministry. And here he is as the risen Christ, standing before them, breathing on them the Holy Spirit, empowering them to have the words, the power, the authority to say what needed to be said. Maybe today Jesus might replace synagogues, rulers, and authorities with co-workers, neighbors, and family. You are the church, and the church has been sent as Jesus was sent. Let's key in on one of those ways that they were sent. Let's key in on power. Be sent with power. We've got to see that connection between Luke's passage and today's passage. Luke promises, or Jesus promises in Luke, that they would face a world who didn't want to hear it, but they would be given the power of the Spirit. In our passage today, we see Jesus empowering them. So see the world through the eyes of the church. We have been given that same power to speak with authority and power as Jesus did then, as the disciples did then. 
You may have noticed that we moved the stage around just a little bit, not a whole lot, but we moved this bass amp way over here, and uh, you wouldn't think that would be much trouble, but it, it was a real, real pain. Thursday, there, it was not a good day uh, here at Cornerstone Christian Church. Jeff can attest, I was gritting my teeth because we had no sound. All we did was move it over, but we had no sound at all. And I dug through a rat's nest under here of wires, and I crawled around all I could find. I could not figure it out, and I finally found it. I didn't plug it in. I think it was Jeff, actually, that found that I didn't plug it in. The wire to the stage speaker monitor was unplugged back there. No matter how much we wanted the sound, we weren't going to hear it unless it was plugged in. Do you hear it? Do you hear it, church? You want to have the power that Jesus had? Do you want to have the power to be sent as Jesus was sent? you got to be plugged in, folks. And that concept really connected with me Thursday. It reminds me of Jesus' words in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine, and you, you're the branches, folks. If you remain in Jesus, in me, he said, and I in you, in Jesus in you, you're going to have power, and you're going to bear fruit. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Hear those words. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. You can agree that the church was sent. You can be passionate about being, playing your role in the kingdom of God. But apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be sent as Jesus is sent. And I think the church has is, is seen the Holy Spirit as just something that's there when we gather and we kind of feel good when we're singing. And that's great. And I think that's the Holy Spirit moving. But we can't forget the Holy Spirit's working in your lives every single day. And if we could just open our eyes, stay connected to Jesus, open our eyes, we can have the power to be sent as Jesus was sent. One more, write it down. We need to be sent with a message. Jesus wasn't just a miracle worker, folks. And he wasn't one that just spoke with authority. His message had meaning and was incredibly important. He said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus preached a message of repentance into his kingdom here on earth and beyond. Now, the disciples had an advantage, right? They were staring at the risen Christ. I read one commentator that said that they had no message 
unless Jesus was standing alive in front of them. That became their message. A message of good news involving the truth of the risen Christ. That risen Christ is what empowers us to repent and be part of this big kingdom of God. Think about this for a moment. Where would you be today if it wasn't for the church? I want you to walk with me through my testimony. The church where I grew up and went to high school, I had my youth minister, Ted. I had my buddies, Mike and Doug and Jonathan and Tyler, John. And I had some rough stuff go down when I was growing up. Some bad, bad stuff happened while I was in high school that could have turned me into the wrong direction. But these guys, they walked with me through life. They had a message that they gave to me through the power of the Spirit. And and many times, they had no idea that God was using them. But here I am, looking back 25 years and knowing that God's power rested on them. And they were in high school. God's power rested 25 years ago on teenagers. Teenagers. You guys are awful, man. Teenagers. That means whether you're 12 years old or 80 years old, there's still power. There's still healing. And there is still a message of the risen Christ. The church is not only meant to be a place where we gather but a place where we are sent. We can continue in our path of ministering to folks who wander into our church building on Sunday morning. And many have joined our communities and been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. But how cool would it be? How cool would it be to have more stories of transformation? Because you, you went out and we're active outside of this building other days of the week. What would happen if we took this message of transformation to our schools, to our workplaces, to the marketplace? How cool would it be that I would have to shorten my message on Sunday morning, amen? Because someone's got another testimony to share of transformation in their lives. I would love it. I know you guys would too. Jesus has called the church to be sent. So let's make it happen. Today we gather around a table to share the message of Jesus Christ with one another. We do so because we take this bread that represents the body of Jesus Christ. We take a cup that represents the new covenant of love through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And as our band rejoins the stage, we're going to invite you to go to one of these tables. There's a table back here, over here, and right here to grab a cup, to hold that cup, and to consider this amazing love 
of Jesus Christ and this message that we've been sent. Pray with me, please. Father God, we, we come humbly acknowledging the task before us and acknowledging that we can't do it on our own. If we are going to be sent as you were sent, as you sent your son into this world, we're going to need, so need your spirit to guide and lead us, to give us that power of sacrifice and love that is supernatural. And please, Lord, give us the words to say. Father, we gather together to to celebrate a body that was broken. We gather together to celebrate a blood that was shed and this new covenant of love that you've given us today. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.